0: forsakenness and his prayer was a prayer of pain and confusion but at the same time he could not give up his hope and sometimes we can feel like this perhaps you feel that now and we get a wonderful promise as well as a wonderful insight into the pain that Jesus suffered in his forsakenness and for a time in our sermon, as I'm t- going to talk about the three parts of Jesus' forsakenness and the hope that, and then I'm going to talk about the, the hope that comes from that. We're just going to turn the lights of our church down and we're just going to focus on the cross and I'm going to step away with those lights and just have enough light for my notes. We're going to focus on the words of the cross that Jesus cried. We can just close that door if you, just so you know where the exit sign is, just over there. But as we look, I'm just going to share with us a few thoughts about the forsakenness of Jesus. As we look at that cross and focus on the forsakenness, and then we'll focus on the hope that comes from that. And the first thing we see as Jesus was on the cross, the first cry, the first part of that prayer, was Jesus' prayer when he cried out with great pain, Eloi, Eloi, my God, my God. Eloi, Eloi was the Aramaic for God. It's only a few times in the Bible we see that Jesus' words are recorded in Aramaic. Sometimes when Jesus did great miracles, such as he touched the eyes of a man born blind, he said, Be opened. And he spoke the words Ephatha. When he rose a little girl from the dead, he said Talitha cum. And when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he used the Aramaic word Abba. And here on the cross, he cries out Eloi, Eloi. This is the only time in Jesus' life recorded in Scripture that he used the word Eloi for God. He used to use the word Father and sometimes Abba. But such was his forsakenness, such was his intimacy lost, that Jesus cried out to God as his Eloi. The second cry of Jesus on the cross that speaks of his forsakenness for us is when Jesus cried out the word lama, which means why. It's the Hebrew word for why. And Jesus asked why. He'd never had to ask why because of sin. There were times in Jesus' life where he did not know the answer. Jesus once said to his disciples, only the Father in heaven knows the time that, uh, when the end of the world will come and I will come back from heaven to gather together my children. But this was a time where Jesus had no conception of the feelings he was going through. In his forsakenness for us, Jesus asks why. He cannot understand. He has no experience of what's going on for the intimacy lost. And we can sometimes feel like that, can we not? We don't understand. We cry out to God, we look for intimacy, and we ask why. Jesus has hope for us, and we'll speak of that in a moment. And the final cry of Jesus in this prayer is in his confusion and in his darkness. He cries out the words of utter forsakenness. Why? He cries out the word sabachthani, which is the Hebrew for you have forsaken me. Not others or all, but me. It's a cry of dereliction, a cry where Jesus felt, utter forsakenness and separation for the first time in eternity and in this forsakenness Jesus was truthful to God he held the spirit of truth in him even in his forsakenness and he cried out the truth of what he felt and sometimes it's hard for us to be truthful to God in our forsaken our sense of forsakenness our sense of confusion But out of this darkness comes three wonderful promises of Jesus. And if if we'd like to just bring those lights up, we'll talk about those promises. If we can just bring the house lights up now. Because in the midst of Jesus' cry, where he cries out, My God, my God... Jesus in crying out my God, my God in his forsakenness has forever secured intimacy between you and me and God. We need never be forsaken. We need never call God an other God. He is our Abba forever. So in calling his father Eloi, he secured for us the right to forever call God Abba. Abba was the aramaic word for daddy as we know papa was an intimate word it's the it's the word a child would speak to their father when they got up on their father's knee nestled their head in the father's shoulder and jesus has secured us an intimacy intimacy is a very powerful word is it not we often talk about love but when you hear the word intimacy, we know there's something going on with that word. And when I'm talking with people uh, about their marriages in my professional life, I'll often talk about what's the intimacy rating of your marriage. And I don't mean sexual intimacy. I meant that connection of soul and spirit, that oneness that knows and gives not only strength but vulnerability. I think it's the measure of true intimacy that we share our vulnerabilities with a person if you ask people with strong marriages what they love uh, about their partner it's usually some t- oh, it's many times often that this person accepts me for who I am I don't have to pretend it's one thing to s- share your strengths you know the first date we'll get dressed up we share our strengths but true intimacy is the sharing of the vulnerabilities is it not the frailties the brokenness And have that person accept those and work through them with us to health. God has forever chosen to love us in intimacy because of Jesus' forsakenness. On that cross where he cried, my God, my God, we can cry Abba. He also asks, because he asks the question why, we can forever know the love of God. As the Apostle Paul said, I know who I've believed. I know who has saved me. I know whom I trust. I know who's captured the promises of the future and holding them for me for that day. In the darkness and the blackness and the confusion of his life, where he said, sometimes I even felt despairing of death itself. I know who I believed. And the encouragement for us is that whatever our circumstances, we can know for sure that God accepts us in our vulnerabilities, in our frailties, in our brokenness. And he is in the business of restoring and healing those and journeying with us in life through those, no matter what they are. Because Jesus asks why, we need never ask, why does God love me? Because we know he's declared his love for us for all eternity. And it doesn't mean that we can't bring questions to God. God doesn't mind hard questions. But He gives us the answer in Jesus' cry. And the great final promise that Jesus has given us is that we are never forsaken because Jesus has been ever, has given and borne that full forsakenness on the cross where He died. When He cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's an utter cry of dereliction. Jesus fully felt our forsakenness. At the same time, though, that is a cry of hope. He could not let go of Psalm 22, which finishes with a promise. Even in the midst of, why have you forsaken me? The psalm says, but you are enthroned on Israel. Our hope is in you. In his forsakenness, Jesus is hopeful in the character of God. He knows that the character and person of God is his ultimate trust. And he fully bears our forsakenness in that hope. And because of him, we can fully trust our intimacy with God. We need never be forsaken because we have one who washes us into the presence of God, the person of Jesus. We need never feel forsaken. We can know that he is with us. He's with us, walking with us in the darkest of times. You may not realise, but on this very day one year ago, on the 15th of March in New Zealand, a terrible tragedy occurred. Who can remember that day? 15th of March. It wasn't a Sunday, but this year it's a Sunday. On that day, a gunman went into a mosque in New Zealand in Christchurch and committed terrible, unspeakable atrocities. I was speaking to a first responder just the other day and he went into that mosque as one of the first responders and saw unspeakable terrors that he'll never forget. These are the sort of terrors that stay in your mind until the day you die. And I was expecting him to be fully traumatised. But he spoke of how he was able to get through it and the reason he was able to get through it is because when he went to that mosque, he went there with his best friend who was also a first responder and together they went and served. And after that day, they were able to debrief and to talk it through on a daily basis and they were with one another. And since then, over the year, he's been able to talk with his friend. And remarkably, he, he told me he hasn't forgotten the memory, but it's like the wound has healed, even though he has a memory of it. And I was struck by how, what a wonderful picture that was of the power of friendship. And I think it's instructive of us as we look at Jesus crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That because of his forsakenness, he can walk through us, with us, through times that seem forsaken, seem broken in our lives. And because he's with us, we too can talk to him, share that, and he heals that wound in the midst of that. And though we may not forget intellectually, we don't have a memory loss, He renews those experiences that we're going through now or in the past because he's with us. And I think this is the great promise of Jesus in our life, that his cry on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Doesn't mean that we don't go through trials, but it promises us that whatever our trial, he will be with us in that trial. And I know, as you do, the many people in our church have gone through very sad times. Tears, sadness, joys and sorrows. Jesus is with us. He walks with us and gives us great hope in that forsakenness. And so I invite us to come to this place as we look at this and listen and think of this place where he cried out that saying, and we bow in thanks. And though God turned away, and in our spirit we can never fully understand, we can understand that he fully loves us. And I invite us to do that now in prayer as we give him our lives. Let's pray together. Our Father God, we bow before you and, and we just give you thanks for all that you are, all that you've promised, all that you've provided in your son Jesus. Our Saviour, our Lord, our Friend, who walks and journeys with us through our times of sadness, perhaps doubt and confusion. And in our humanness, we pray that we too will be honest and truthful to you about that. And that we will walk with Him, leaning on Him as our Friend and Saviour. And that you will walk with us and heal our wounds and bring to us the great hope, the same hope that Jesus had in Psalm 22. That song that he sung was a song of forsakenness, but also of healing. A song of hope. May we sing it too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.